This is Sunday Rewind on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. Tom Stevens, Mike Melby, Husker Rewind every Sunday, 5 to 7. Huskers fall in a tough one to Michigan State over the weekend. But I know my buddy, Mike Schaefer, is celebrating a big win, a Vikings win today. 31-28 over the Atlanta Falcons. The first start, well, it wasn't even a start for Joshua Dobbs. He came off the bench after being in Minnesota for a couple of days, just learning the playbook. Comes off the bench, throws two TDs, runs for another. And uh, one of the best regular season Viking wins I've ever seen. What about you, Mike? Well, you know, I mean, we, we have to actually start with those first possessions. He takes a safety that's one of the dumber safeties that you'll see yep. in the NFL, and I'm like, oh, this guy's an aerospace engineer? That's right. Like, uh, we're we're going to let him work at Lockheed Martin? Is that what we're really going <laughs> to do right. here when, he, when he's done with the NFL? But, no, that was an incredible performance. At, like, seven different times, I'm like, well, the game's over. You know, and it's like, what can you do? Well, yeah. What realistically can you expect when you have to play a quarterback – that has been on your team for five days and you have your, you don't have your left tackle. You don't have your number one wide receiver. You don't have your number three wide receiver, you know, like realistically, what is he going to be able to do? And it turns around, you know, it turns, it turns out Tom having a guy that can just run around a lot is really helpful in today's NFL. We haven't seen it a lot with Kirk, not like a big part of his game. Uh, but you know, Josh Dobbs just being able to, uh, Magically avoid every Falcons pass rush was a huge part of today. That was incredible. uh, It was fourth and seven. He was tackled four times, and you thought the game's over. Like you said, I thought it was over five or six different times. But on that last play, they have him dead to rights. He is able to escape it and gets a big gain all the way down to something like the 10, 15-yard line. Then a couple plays later, he throws the touchdown to win it. Um, That was fun. That was fun as a Vikings fan. I'm not saying this guy could lead us to the Super Bowl, but... This guy could lead us to the Super Bowl, Mike. Well, get your, get your tickets. I, uh, get your I would tickets. be happy if he just leads them to a playoff game at yeah. this point. Like I'm not a, I'm not a tank and give away the season guy. Yeah, I'm not a. Uh, I don't. I don't like losing. I don't care about when you're picked in the draft. You know, there's talent throughout a draft. Figure out your quarterback situation that way. That kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I I like playoff games, and so maybe they can get into a playoff game and yeah. pull an upset. Like that's that's what I want. Well, I was a tank and get a great quarterback in the draft guy, and then I saw Dobbs today, and I thought, well, to heck with that. Let's just go win the Super Bowl. Uh, uh, Nebraska- Bring the boat back. Have Cousins and Dobbs. There you yeah, go. Dual quarterback. There you go. Uh, Nebraska falls. They needed that one win to get to six uh, to a team that had lost six in a row, but they fall to Michigan State 20-17. to It was not a great day for the quarterback. Heinrich Harburg, he has three turnovers uh, a fumble could have been even worse than that at times. But uh, how did you see that game? Did you see that as a big missed opportunity for Nebraska? Yeah, it just kind of felt like one of those games where Nebraska showed up and it didn't seem like they were in condition to match the effort from Michigan State from the opening possession. And it just always felt like they were playing a little from behind. And you know, I think they led 7-3 to three at one point and, and all of that, or 10-3, to three, whatever it was. But, um, you know, it just wasn't... It wasn't a uh, it wasn't a game where you ever felt like Nebraska was taking it to Michigan State that Nebraska had the upper hand. You know, if if you remove records from that game and you 
you watch the whole thing and it finished, and you're like, yeah, it sounds about right. Because it, it looked like Michigan State was the aggressor. It looked like Michigan State really kind of came out, and whether it was because of Harlan Bennett trying to get his first win or Alante Brown being a former Husker or whatever it was, there was a little bit more emotion, a little bit more juice uh, with what they were doing things. And, you know, and, and I think it played out in a variety of ways. I mean, everybody wants to talk about Heinrich Harburg, and he had a bad game. Like, he, he needs to play better, but – the reality is I don't think that there's any change coming at that position. What bothered me about Saturday is Nebraska's strategy on special teams was just flawed from the, ding, from the ding, onset. Ding. I mean, you, you, you put in a guy for the sole purpose of catching a punt, and the other team figured it out by the second punt, and then they just told their punter, don't worry about hang time, don't worry about any of it, kick it as far as you can. And he did. And Nebraska gave up field position over and over, and then Billy Kemp's catching the ball inside the 10-yard line and not even giving you the opportunity to see if it can get into the end zone. And Nebraska's built like a team right now that you're not going to sustain a lot of drives. But with Tristan Alvano hitting a 55-yarder last week, you know, at least give yourself a chance, start at the 25 and get 40 yards and give yourself an opportunity to potentially kick a long field goal. And that's, that's kind of what Michigan State did. It just felt like – I wouldn't say that Matt Rule got outcoached because uh, I don't think that's what happened. Nebraska just didn't execute – but I didn't like the strategy at special teams. I really felt like as much as everybody wants to talk about Heinrich Harburg, and again, he didn't have a good game. He could have played better. There's no question about that. But I also don't think you're in position to even be talking about it being a one-score loss without his 40-some-yard touchdown run. He's the only guy on the team that can do that for them. I don't think Jeff Sims could have done that in that situation. Athletically, maybe. But I just don't think he's, I don't think he's that version of a playmaker right now. I don't know what Jeff Sims was going to be for Matt Rule, but I think that – has all passed and this is sort of where you are so you have to figure out how to win with Heinrich Harburg and how to build an offense around it and everything else and they just couldn't do it on Saturday well and I want to jump back Mike to your your comment about Billy Kemp being back there just a fair catch because there was probably three punts that he fair caught that there was nobody within 15 20 yards of him and then that final punt that Michigan State has you you see Ethan Nation back there who we've heard is electric why I Whatever. Why not take the chance early on? If he fumbles, then you've got Kemp to come in and fair catch the rest of the game. But yeah, I'm give him a chance to. If you're going to put Billy Kemp, or excuse me, if you're going to put Ethan Nation in that situation where securing the ball is paramount to give you an opportunity to come back because you're only going to get one possession, right? Yeah. Or theoretically, somehow Nebraska had like 47 possessions with three minutes left to go in that game. <laughs> uh, I don't know how. That seems remarkable, but. You know, I, I'm 100% with you on that. Like, why not give Ethan Nation that opportunity and give yourself a chance? Like, you know, when Matt Rule got here and he talked about, we want our guys to return. We want a big play out of special teams. That has really flipped and no more evident than it was on Saturday. Where you, The fact that you don't let Billy Kemp play wide receiver and he's only there to catch punts, I have never really experienced anything like that. And I, I Honestly, it's the first real big missed call of the Matt Rule era. And, you know, it's something that they experience and they learn from, and they're going to be better for it. And I'm yeah. not, I'm certainly not one of the fans that right now feels like Nebraska is destined to go five and seven because they didn't beat Michigan State. I think we're going to get a better performance when they come home against Maryland. I think they're going to be a focused, energized team. I'm not worried about that. I'm really not. Like, it just felt like it was one of those days in college football that you get that happens sometimes. And Michigan State, you know, they're playing at home. It's senior day. It felt like they had a reason to be there. And Nebraska didn't take him out of the game early enough. And Nebraska let him hang around. And Nebraska let him dictate the terms. And, you know, there, there's a lot of misfires in that game. But I don't think there's any long-term effects that I'm super concerned about. Mike Schaefer, Husker 24-7, our guest. 
Uh, I agree that it's probably Harburg's job to lose, but I wouldn't mind taking a peek. Not at, not at Sims so much, but maybe Chubba Purdy. Well, what? Okay, so explain. I saw this a lot yesterday. I saw it on my message board. I watched 47 horrific passes from Chubba Purdy last year. I did too. I know he doesn't have the arm to throw a 40-yard pass when he needs to. Every team in America is going to play Nebraska with eight guys in the box. Why in the world do you want to see Chubba Purdy out there, Tom? I, I just like sell me on. Well, because sell we me all on Chubba Purdy. Well, I, I, I know that Mr. Whipple, uh, don't squeeze the Charmin guy, last year loved him and didn't like Harburg at all. And I know he didn't play well and he threw some picks when he was in there, but we're already seeing that from Harburg. We're already seeing it from Sims. Why not just see what he's got? Sometimes you, I, I'm not saying start him, but sometimes just bring a guy in, maybe can give you a spark. Yeah, I I have never seen a quarterback like Chubba Purdy that when he's been put on the field, and it happened again in the Colorado game, I think, when he was put out there. The camera zooms in on his face. He looks scared, Tom. I just don't think that he can play football at this level. I know that he had a nice game or two at Florida State. Um, there's nothing I saw last year, and there's nothing that I've seen from him or heard behind the scenes that makes me think that he's capable of playing big time football. Like I, I just don't think he has it. I, you know, if you want to try someone else, I'm more on board with seeing what Jeff Sims is capable of doing, but I don't, I don't know where he's at at this point. It feels like he's being a great team cheerleader and and a leader in that regard. But I don't know if mentally he's at the point where he's maybe done with football. I don't know. I, I just, I think they're in a situation where it's just Heinrich Harburg. And honestly, they need him to stay healthy because if he gets hurt, then I think the drop-off is, is severe enough without Heinrich Harburg's ability to run the football that I don't know how they would even move it. And, and maybe Jeff Sims could come in and rekindle that magic, but I, I don't see it with Chubba Purdy. Again, 22 of 47 for like 136 yards and three interceptions. I would be more than happy not seeing him play again. I just don't <laughs> think he belongs at this level. I really don't. I don't like being this negative about any individual player. But seeing the amount of people that are like, well, why not give him a chance? He's not good. I don't give it. I almost said something that would have caused you to hit the dump button. <laughs> but I don't care what Mark Whipple thinks about Chubba Purdy. Mark Whipple isn't here. Yeah. He doesn't matter. He's the reason that Heinrich Harburg's development's further behind than it should have been in the first place. And so what he thinks about Chubba Purdy doesn't, isn't reflective of anything because Chubba Purdy wasn't good enough last year. He had opportunity. Did he even throw for 100 yards in a single game? And, oh, by the way, you have man-to-man coverage with Trey. Do you know what Trey Palmer would mean to this Nebraska team right now? Oh, if, my you know, Heinrich Harburg is not very good. But you give him Trey Palmer and man-to-man coverage in an eight-man box, that's going to score some points. Yeah. Shovel Purdy doesn't have that this year, and he couldn't do it last year either. Well, the only counterpoint I have to that is uh, Alex Bullock was open by about 25 yards, and Harburg couldn't hit him. Um, sure, but I also think Alex Bullock ran the wrong route. So and that you know, I think it was a route tree situation, and he went straight. Harburg thought he was going with the post. I think Harburg released the ball before the guy slipped, and Bullock kept going straight because he was running away from a defender. Yeah. It was just one of those. I think it was a miscommunication. But yeah, I mean, it's not. Trust me, I'm not trying to sell anyone on the Heinrich Harburg passing experience right now. But I also know I don't need to see Chubba Purdy play again. I really fair, don't. Fair enough. Okay. I want to jump ahead to next week because uh, I, I have trepidation because of Tulia Tungaviola and his abilities, and I have 
a lot of encouragement because he was sacked eight times yesterday. And something that Nebraska defensively does pretty well this year is get to the quarterback. What are your thoughts going into that game? Nebraska's pass rush versus that Maryland offensive line. Yeah, you know, I would really like to see um, Prince will be healthy. I think that, I think there's, to me, there's a little bit of a gap with Nebraska's pass rush when they don't have Prince will and they don't have Cam Lenhart available to go off the edge and kind of work off of what, Nash and Ty Robinson can do in terms of eating up some of these offensive linemen because I think those guys are capable of winning one-on-ones. I think James Williams can't too, but it felt like at times Nebraska wasn't able to get enough pressure on Michigan State. Now, Michigan State's offensive line situation may be a little bit better than Maryland. Um, you know, any trepidation I have right now is because I can never pronounce uh, Talia Tungavailoa's name correctly, so Same I here. want to make sure that I do that at least. But I, I think really my concern is they have athletes at the wide receiver position that Nebraska hasn't faced all year. And so I am a little concerned. Maybe Colorado is probably the closest example of this. Like, I think Colorado and Maryland are probably pretty similar teams, in all honesty. You know, Maryland hasn't beat a team that I think has over two wins this year. Uh, you know, they have really – they feasted on the first half of their schedule, and they've really struggled since then. And I think it's a good matchup for Nebraska in a mental standpoint. Uh, but they're they're going to need their secondary to make more plays than they have. I, that was another part of the game against Michigan State where I was a little disappointed. It felt like Nebraska's secondary, you know, you have this team coming in that throws a lot of interceptions. Other than that early play with Tommy Hill, it didn't feel like there was a lot of opportunities for Nebraska to jump around or to, to make a play. And so much of that is because it just feels like they're a good two steps off of where they need to be. Uh, and whether that's Quentin Newsom, Tommy Hill, Malcolm Hartzog, some of these guys got to come up and make plays. Um, against these good receivers from Maryland because they're going to throw the ball over the yard. They're not even going to try to run. They don't care about trying to keep the balance. I think they had negative yards against Penn State this weekend. Nebraska's rush defense will will force them into throwing. But can Nebraska's back end of their secondary make plays if those guys up front aren't able to get home against uh, Tunga Vailoa? Mike Schaefer, Husker 24-7. So you've got Maryland at home this week. You're at Wisconsin. Then in the season with Iowa at home, is this the best chance to get to six in your mind? Um, it's probably the one you feel best about. You know, the Wisconsin game, if they don't have Braylon Allen, if they have Braden Locke still as their starting quarterback, I like Nebraska's chances there. But I don't know what the health situation is for either Mordecai or for Braylon Allen. You know, it's not like uh, Luke Fickle's just outwardly telling everybody, yeah, these guys are going to be back in a couple of weeks. We don't know. Uh, but if, if you're getting that version of Wisconsin, even on the road, I feel like Nebraska is going to be able to hang in there and it would be a very big challenge. And I think the same for Iowa's offense. I think looking at that Iowa Northwestern game, um, you know, Northwestern's a much better team than I gave them credit for the day they showed up here in Lincoln. And it's shown after they played Nebraska. I mean, they played Nebraska tough, uh, and they went out and they beat Maryland and they probably should have beaten Iowa yesterday. So, uh, I think there's opportunities in all three of those games. But, yeah, if you're if you're like, Mike, which one has the highest win percentage? It feels like Maryland. But I wouldn't be surprised if Nebraska won two out of the next three. Uh, I don't think they're – I don't think they're going to miss a bowl game. I think they're going to qualify for a bowl. I just – the biggest thing is whether it's going to be seven and five or six and six. I'd be surprised if they won all three. Um, I just don't know that their offense is capable of doing that. But I think they've got at least one more win, if not two, in them. Um, most importantly, the Vikings, who started 0-3 – now five and four, and they're going to the Super Bowl this year. So that's yeah, uh, look, that's really good news. You know why? If Nick Foles can do it, if that's you and I have to sit there and watch Minnesota go up seven to nothing in Philly, 
and then lose 700 to seven or whatever that was. That's right. 17. Why not Josh Dobbs? Why, why not, not Kevin O'Connell? Yeah. You know, why can't he be Doug Peterson? No, there's no reason. He's a, he's an astrophysicist. I mean, he's a, he's a genius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he might be a genius, but he still should have dove out of the end zone instead of <laughs> stepping backwards into that sack today for yeah. a safety. Hey, Mike, you're allowed to have an adult beverage. Enjoy it. Skull. All right. All right. I've, I've successfully, other than almost making you hit the dump button here, and really <laughs> probably unfairly tearing down Chubba Purdy. I feel like this was a pretty successful interview oh, for us, Tom. I thought you nailed it. I thought you hit a home run, as always. Uh, great stuff, Mike. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Appreciate there it, guys. Have a good one. There you Here's go. Sunday. Uh, one of the biggest Viking fans I know, Mike Schaefer of Husker 24-7, a really good writer as well. It's always good to have on a Mike. We haven't had him on since the preseason, so yeah. it's great to have him on uh, this time. And still, we're going to have Tanya Taki next hour. We'll talk of uh, Husker volleyball, but we've got to do our grades. Uh, I think that we'll do that next. Sounds good. Want to do the grades? Yeah. Okay, we'll do that next. Mike Melby, Tom Stevens. It's Husker Rewind. More on the way.